0: All right guys, welcome back to another episode of the Live Loud Life Podcast. I'm here with Rebecca Bach. She is the owner of Mecca Fitness, but we're gonna talk a little bit about her, her background as she was sharing uh, her extensive fitness journey or in the fitness industry, right. um, especially in the Colorado area. But, um, we're going to get into some of her training philosophies, uh, some of the more recent adventures she's been doing, which I've been following along on social media, which actually like really epic. Uh, we're just going to kind of chat and see what Mecca and, and, and you're about. So, oh, thanks for uh, yeah. So introduce yourself, give us a little bit about the, as far back as the history, if you want to <laughs>
1: Uh, okay, so my name is Rebecca. I am uh, uh, the owner of Mecca Fitness here in Broomfield, or excuse me, not Broomfield, Boulder and Louisville, um, two locations. I'm the co-owner of uh, 34 core power locations around the US and a co-owner of um, Apeco Movement School, which is located in Boulder and in Edgewater down in Denver. So, awesome. Yeah. So
0: when did you, when did you first, I, I, I think you told me the day, but when did you first start
1: you were the first franchise with with Corp. With yeah. So I think that was back in, it's hard to remember, but I mean, I want to say maybe 2006, 2000, or like mid 2000s, Okay. Um, I uh, opened Corp. Power's first franchise location, Broomfield East. Okay. So over on 144th and Lowell. Um, and then Corp. Power franchised for a while to a couple other partners. Um, then they stopped franchising for a while. I had, I opened also the Flatirons Mall location. Okay. And uh, then um, I joined forces with some other coworkers I knew from the telecom industry. So my background's in telecom corporate strategy, gotcha. and we combined our locations and then continued to expand. So uh, in total, we have core powers in North Denver, South Denver, um, suburban Chicago, uh, the Carolinas, Charleston, and the Arizona Phoenix, Arizona area. Oh, wow, That's awesome. Oh, yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. A long, long time. time. So I did that it was with core power for probably like um, a little over 15 years. And then, so,
0: uh, I, you, you guys probably can't see on the video here, but we're sitting in a very different room than what core okay. power would be. Um, okay. so walk me through, what was the journey of starting Mecca? Like how sure. did that transition into,
1: and now what is yep. this? So, um, I, uh, well, there's a lot, there's a big journey on this. <laughs> So, Core Power's corporate parents had yeah. exercised a buyout option of the Core Power locations I'm part of. Gotcha. That transition was set to occur in April 2020. And mm-hmm. we all know what happened yep. in April 2020. And so we kind of got stood up at the altar in that transaction yeah, and yeah. then um, took them to court for that. Uh, and that's still in the legal process right now with them. But um, as part of that journey, I could see that that was coming to an exit. Whether I wanted it or not, yeah, and uh, started looking for other opportunities. Mecca was um, owned by two other owners. Oh, okay. so I, I'm not the founder of Mecca. Gotcha. Um, it had shut down during the pandemic, like everybody had to, you know. So I purchased it out of COVID shutdown, mm. and then reopened it. Um, nice. and uh, then grew it to this location here in Louisville. Yeah.
0: So obviously had a very strong feeling about the possibilities of Mecca. Yeah. To be able to revive Yeah, for it sure. Yeah. pandemic, that's pretty I had, cool. Yeah,
1: I had tried it when I was uh, at Core Power. Uh-huh. Um, so it used to be on the Pearl Street Mall and it was called GoCoFit. Um, not on the mall area, but on the East East Pearl Street. And uh, a lot of yoga teachers were were going there because they loved it because it's similar to yoga and that it's really slow paced and about mindful alignment uh but more strength training focus to it Mm -hmm. so um i loved the brand i love the concept back then uh since then the owners had uh, added on the cardio element to it as well so there's a second there's you know kind of two concepts under one roof so um this this room that we're sitting in which is the low impact strength training room Mm -hmm. and then the other room which is the low impact uh cardio hit room so Um, took that on and, uh, expanded it to, to Louisville in, um, 2021. So
0: I'm curious to get your perspective on this because
1: someone who does not do enough yoga, but
0: (laughs) having conversations with those that enjoy yoga Uh is, I I think it'd be valuable to get your perspective for someone who has so much background in that, but yet also doing strength training and then also seeing you do deadlifts and things like that. Mm -hmm. Right. We'll get into that is how do you. Where do you, how i'm not gonna say one's better than the other, but how does this benefit someone who strictly does yoga thinking yoga mm-hmm. is enough strength and mm-hmm. and that's obviously a Perfect. very specific definition for the person. Sure. Right. But I think enough people do yoga. We're like, well, I'm getting strength training through yoga,
1: but I feel they need some more. So how could this be different? How would this benefit them? Right. Right. I mean, I I would say, um, like the first principle is just do movement that you love, you know? And so, um, so if you love yoga and it keeps you coming back, like then awesome, like keep doing yoga. Uh, at some point you, you, you know, sort of top out on yoga it's it's all body weight based um yoga so you can't add weight to it uh in in any in any kind of realistic way Mm -hmm. um so you just get to a point where there's there's no juice in the squeeze anymore for you you know good point and um and what's nice about the resistance classes we have is it's all spring-loaded tension. And so you can add weight mm-hmm. as you go, you can constantly be progressing in this room, um, but it feels in your body similar to yoga and that it's mindful and slow. Yeah. Uh, so that's really why I think people um, in some ways, I mean, they, you know, yoga is awesome for a lot of different things too, but it, it I guess, quote unquote, kind of graduate from, from yoga as their physical practice because they just top out and, you know, the body weight holds of it and they need more resistance to it.
0: Yeah. That's, that's such a good point. And, and like you said, there's, it It obviously depends on the goals, the context of the totally. person and, and yes, doing the thing that you enjoy keeping you back mm-hmm. is huge. So that's good. It's a good stepping stone in, into some other stuff. So then the cardio piece, uh, which is in the other room right. next to us, right? Mm-hmm. Uh What are some of the equipment that are
1: pieces of equipment or things that you can sure. utilize over there? Yep. So we use a uh, VersaClimber. Over there, um, which not there's not that many gyms around <laughs> yeah. that use it, and it is killer. Yeah, um, it, it's it's a great low impact contralateral workout too, so yeah. good for your brain. Um, you can add resistance to that machine as well, so you can do a resisted climb on yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, so we use Versa Climbers. We use um, assault bikes, so Rogues Assault Bike, and which is common in the CrossFit industry. Most people are familiar with that, but that is also a killer piece of equipment. Um, and then we use skiers, so mm-hmm. a standing skier. Uh, platform. And then we have weights, free weights. We have a pull-up rig, TRX, yeah. you know, slam balls, all kinds of equipment. So, uh, you know, it's, it's different every day, um, depending on what day you come and, but you'll always be on those three cardio machines and doing like some kind of cardio challenge and then some sort of floor work challenge yeah. part of that. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome.
0: And I mean, that what's what I think that's what's so great is just, it, it gives you the, the taste of what people like, but then also like diversification. Cause I know for me, yeah. And biasly, I have certain things that I enjoy more and I don't Mm -hmm. diversify enough, uh, which is, you know, that's another conversation, but that's that's good because you can hit all those different things in such a a different topic. But for you and your training, Mm -hmm. you're adding another layer to that. Walk us through some of the training that you currently are in. Sure.
1: Yeah. So I also do just heavy strength training, um, as we've talked about before. I have a gym in my garage. So, you know, classic lifts, front squat, back squat, deadlifts, bench press, you know, Mm Mm -hmm. the classic ones. Um, And so I like to do that as a compliment. Actually, I would say that's like my main, Mm -hmm. probably my main focus is is strength training. Um, And then I'll take resistance maybe twice a week. I like resistance because it's unilateral work largely. So it's good for stabilization of both sides of your body because, right, as you know, as a strength trainer, um, you tend to, in in any move, like a deadlift, like dominate into one leg. And so you have to be, you have to constantly be managing that trying to make sure both legs joints are equally strong and you're getting like same tension uh both sides to prevent prevent injury in your weightlifting yep. you know so um, a lot of people love this room that do that kind of um bilateral work like cyclists or runners um so that they can work on one side of their body and the other and get symmetry um, so I like this work for kind of my, this is sort of my accessory and my core work. Yeah. Um, and then I'm a big believer, even though cardio is not my favorite thing to do. I mean, I love hiking, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will get cardio hiking, but hitting that like max heart rate threshold, like one to two times a week, just a minimum dosage, mm-hmm. you know, of, um, a couple minutes of maybe some sprints or whatever it is. That's like really pushing your cardio threshold. I'm a big believer in that for just health and wellness and longevity in your life. And also being able to then pick up when someone asks you if you want to climb a 14er and it's like right away, no problem. You know, you don't get altitude sick and it's, it's fine. So
0: does your training then also include like a subset or baseline of steady state, or is that just basically Mm. the hiking that you get? Yeah. Is sufficient for that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say that for steady state cardio, that's when I just do the stuff I enjoy, like a walk with my dog or a hike or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I never just get on a treadmill or like, just, you know, go for 45 minutes or something like that. That's not my, my personal preference.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's no, that's great. I mean, and that's what, uh, that's what so many people I don't think are doing. Well, I see, it I see, uh, I feel like a dichotomy of mm-hmm. not doing enough and or doing too much of it where they're yeah. not seeing the balance of having oh, for just sure. some steady state. They think just yeah. redlining all the time. Oh Yeah is the best
1: yeah i i definitely i'm you know try to talk people out of that coming every single day to mecca yeah taking they'll you know double up both classes because um, what's great about Mecca is the workouts are short. They're only 50 minutes long and they're very intense. Mm-hmm. And that's how I like, if I'm going to, if I want an adaptation in my body, like hit the intensity really hard and do it for a short amount of time, like yeah. minimum viable product, you know, exactly. no more than that. Cause you, do, then you get wear and tear on your body and just things start breaking down. And I think in Boulder County in general, we all like fitness. Cause it's like our mental health mm-hmm. too. So you gotta be mindful about the overtraining, just yeah. like you said. Because we actually enjoy it. You know, a lot of people just enjoy the fitness and can tend to overdo it.
0: For sure. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the minimal byproduct term is something I use a lot too, because it's like, while we enjoy fitness, like wouldn't you enjoy doing other things other than just fitness? If you could get what you want out of just doing this, would that be enough? For sure. And most For people sure. would agree, but then yet they think, well, if I get it out of this, if I do more, then hopefully I'll get more. Right. But sometimes it goes the opposite
1: direction. Yeah, it's absolutely. Burn, like, burn. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep.
0: That's a good point. Um, So with that, a lot of this has been obviously uh, supplementing and supporting some of your recent adventures. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm curious <laughs> to hear how some of those were. Sure, some of those sure.
1: Were. So uh, what you're referring to is I just, uh, I attempted to summit Denali. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see, that was last month. And um, my training for, for that was largely like strength training, a lot of spine stabilization and isometric spine strength. So um, a lot of one arm heavy carries, nice. you know, for a mile on the, tri- uh, th- that is where I would yeah. use a treadmill sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, strength training work for that, uh, getting a lot of like load in the hips. Um, yeah. so my hips could stabilize my knees, um, you know, working that whole chain up and down and, uh, and then the, you know, cardio room, um, cause I needed to work that, that sort of hypoxic state that yeah. you have to be in at altitude and uh it's a great way to do it in a short period of time like it's hard for me to do sprints or like run outside sprints or something like that so um being able to do that on the versa climber where it's non-impact and i could just completely gas myself and like hit that max heart rate threshold in 30 seconds and just do that a couple rounds yeah. um that, I mean, I went into Denali being just feeling really strong, really fit until I got to the top and, what <laughs> and then were, I crashed and burned.
0: <laughs> was it, do you think it was sheer altitude that oh, was yeah. the factor? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: for sure. So, um, I was starting to show signs of, of high altitude pulmonary edema. Uh, I, like I really fought for that summit hard. Um, I got to summit day. I lasted, I don't know, seven hours through summit day. Uh-huh. Um, so got through all the technical, technical terrain And you're at, you're like the very last part, you're literally like at the base of that final hill. Uh It's maybe a third of a mile. It's the first time you can actually see the summit from the entire time you spent on Denali. Like you can't see the summit until really right there. And, uh, I, I started having like wheezing, you know, with Mm -hmm. my breath and like, we were at a final break, the break where you get to take off your backpack and go without your backpack. Yeah. And that's it, you're done, and I was just like a puddle on the ground, wow. and uh it like really terrible flu like symptoms, and uh, the guide was like, "You still got to get down, yeah, so I don't think you should I think like you need to just chill and rest, and yeah. um I sobbed. it was all I mean, yeah. I just was like, so, so close. crushed, and I was you know I was also just crushed because the youngest guide had to stay with me, so I limited his ability to summit, so I just felt terrible about that too, and um. That was, I mean, it it was super humbling, but then the hardest part was then getting down because all the technical part of the route I'd already done. Mm -hmm. So I had to get down that piece and, um, the guide, you know, there's, there's all the sorts of like protective equipment on Denali, like stuff where you clip in. So in case you fall, like not everybody falls and you're safe. Um, because of the state I was in, um, they were worried about me bending over and clipping and unclipping into the carabiners. Oh yeah. And so, uh, the guide was like, you, me, and in this, and another client that was on the trip are going to travel down un unhooked. And I was like, I'm not comfortable with that, yeah. you know, because I like. That I mean, we're all going to risk our lives. Like, yep. isn't there another way? <laughs> you know, And um, he's like, no, this is the safest way. Like, I don't think you should bend over yeah. and like clip in and clip out. And so none of us are clip in. And um, I was concerned because, you know, I had done a lot of research about Denali and where are the places where there's been accidents in the past. And so, um, you know, we had to travel down these sections, which are, you know, you're literally walking a tightrope ledge foot in front of foot and it's a sheer drop off and we didn't clip in um and so i just was like you know i i really i'm a believer of training grit um and one of the levels of grit is like can you be at your best when you're at your worst and so i just like the whole time i was thinking like i gotta be at my best even though i'm at my worst because if i slip and start sliding down and they can't self-arrest me like all three of us go down so Um, just trying to make every step perfect, uh, on the way down, which I did. And we got down, but then like, once I was at kind of the bottom of each technical section, I had to melt into a puddle for a while. Yeah. Just recover. <laughs> it just took everything out of me to get down there, um, and keep everyone that was on my team safe yeah. and me safe. And, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was pretty challenging. I mean, one of the most like humbling, um, experiences I've been through for sure to where, Like at the end of those two days, there's sort of two days of technical climbing to get down, you know, I would just be a puddle and my, my tent mate, who was the one who was on my rope would like take off my boots, change my socks for me, you know, bring me food, just do everything she could to, to take care of me. Like the whole team carried a lot of my weight. Um, But right around when I got around 11,000 feet. Like just changed. just changed. I just perched right back up. So it really was that altitude. And yeah. um, you know, I like I really I would like to try it again. I hope I get a, a chance to yeah, try it yeah. again. I learned a lot. Um, one of the big things I will do differently next time is I will take the freaking Diamox, mm. <laughs> which is altitude sickness prevention medication. Yeah. Um, I wasn't taking that in the dosage that was recommended. God, and man. uh, so you know, that in addition to a whole host of other things that I learned, but um It was also – I don't regret any of it too because yeah. um like if I had just strolled to the top and been able to take like the sweet Instagram photo, you know, holding my ice axe and everything yeah. like – I mean sure that would have been cool but like I didn't – you know, I learned so much from yeah. this and it really – like oh, like cracked open my heart in a way that I I think I needed you know to an amazing story. experience having people need to take care of me and to to be the vulnerable one and to yeah. be the weak one and um so no matter what I don't regret like any moment of that journey it was fantastic and amazing
0: That's an amazing story. I'm so I'm so obviously medication helping Outside of that, I mean, we have big peaks, but is there yeah. any way to get additional high altitude training?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, you so we'll go you, view can, you can mess like step on a mountain. Right. Like you can like buy the expensive tent that you sleep in, you know, in your house. True, so you true. can like do that. Yeah. Um, I think that's what a lot of people that live at sea level do. Yeah. I, um, I, I did like some winter 14ers, a lot of yeah. winter hiking, um, and, and I have no problem at 14,000 feet. I mean, a lot of the people on the team were feeling sick at 14,000 feet and, uh, and not doing well. And I was, I was fine there. Um, it, it it was 17,000 feet was where I started not to feel great. I didn't sleep the night before we summited. Mm -hmm. And I, when you get to the next camp, the high camp at Denali, you have to build camp too. So I was like sawing ice blocks out of the mountain. Like we had to like stack ice blocks up around our tent. We probably didn't get to bed till 11 PM that night. And then you're at 17,000 feet. So it's hard to sleep. Yep. Um, I didn't sleep at all that night. I woke up the next morning, already nauseous, um, no sleep, having a hard time getting water down. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like already a train wreck yeah. <laughs> from yeah. start. What's the, what's the summit of how high is it's it? It's 20,330, um, I believe, or 20, wow. somewhere around 20,300. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah.
0: so, and you had mentioned a believer in grit, right? Being mm-hmm. your best at your worst. And, and just from a, uh, cause I mean, I think most people would understand this, but how does your everyday training philosophy and mentality like build into that? Sure. Sure. Um,
1: I I'd say a lot of it is, uh, you know, doing, doing things that suck, (laughs) you know, do it, doing stuff you don't want to do. Yeah. So I did a lot of cold weather hiking, um, I did a lot of like when I was tired still getting up in my garage doing back squats even though I just was exhausted or didn't didn't feel like it you know just pushing through and that you know that sort of saying embrace the suck mm-hmm. you know to, uh, trying to find situations where you have to em- embrace the suck um
0: do you do anything uh, so this is I feel like cuz Jocko Willink yeah, I don't know if he yeah. he talks a lot about this right mm-hmm. and, and a lot of people do right and it's using uh, physical suck to mm-hmm. harden you mentally, right? Which which makes sense, right? Because you just yeah. have to overcome something. For sure. Is there anything that you do from a mental perspective that's consistent mm-hmm. that helps
1: with that? Yeah, I would say <laughs> opening opening gyms in the middle of a pandemic. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely been that's been a good, good point. mental challenge. <laughs> so I'd say for sure that you know I opened. Um, uh, really like three, three gyms across two different fitness concepts mm. through, throughout the pandemic. So that takes a a lot of hard work, a lot yeah. of grit, a lot of smarts, a lot of just like scrappiness. Um, so that is one of them. Uh, you know, I, I haven't been back since the pandemic, but um, I was a practitioner of jujitsu oh, nice. uh, prior to the pandemic. And I think that is an, also a fantastic way to build grit and um, calmness under pressure you know, literally under pressure there, yeah. like, so somebody laying on top yeah. of you and just like <laughs> waiting for them to make a mistake, you know, that patience. Yeah. Um, so that, that one as well. And it's something I'm always seeking out and thinking about. Like if I'm, if I don't feel like I'm being challenged, um, emotionally and spiritually, I'll think about like, what would be something that I could take on? That would be a struggle that yeah. would push me in that way, um, where I could learn. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah, thanks.
0: I mean, I don't. I I think that's a kind of a cool way to wrap up. I don't have any other questions, uh, <laughs> other than maybe if there's anything you wanted to add about how, uh, obviously, well, I mean, you added it, it's the cardio, the, the resistance training, yep. being supportive of obviously bigger goals, but mm-hmm. yet can be a standalone as well. Totally. Yep. Uh, obviously not everyone has Denali goals. Sure. Uh, so that, you know, it's a little bit better or mm-hmm. differently tailored. Uh, but is there anything else you wanted? I mean, that was an awesome story. that <laughs> was, was so great. Is there anything you, else you wanted to add or any other like big mission that you have coming up
1: boy big mission um you know just like enjoying life figuring out work-life balance i have kids too we talked about that um, and uh, figuring out, like, how do you get them to build grit, you know? How do yeah. you push them? Uh, yeah, let's,
0: let's, let's add a little bit of that. I mean, because yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say the majority of people who listen are parents, but a lot of people who are part of Live Loud uh-huh. are parents, but uh-huh. a lot of us are younger right. parents, uh-huh. right? Meaning our kids are, like, my oldest is six. Mm-hmm. What are some of the ways you've tried to instill that mental toughness and grit in teaching your yeah. kids, like, hey, the world's not all roses and butterflies? Definitely,
1: definitely. I mean, I'm a big believer in- chores, yeah. you know, and giving your yeah. kids chores. I had a lot of chores growing up. And, um, that was a, what, like someone who used to work restaurant industry told me that's the first interview question she would ask people is what chores did you have growing uh, up? That's a good and one. if they couldn't answer that, she's like, interview's right. over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'm a big believer in giving them chores. So yeah, just a simple response for that, but yeah that's it works. perfect it works really well yeah and,
0: and it's and it also just I mean from an early get go too it's chores in a sense of not like you have to do these things like hey we're part of a family this yeah. is a collective thing totally. that we do together as part of just being a unit yeah yeah for sure that's awesome for sure uh, well this was amazing thank you so much yeah, for sharing for uh, I love the gym this is an amazing setup and I loved hearing that story and hopefully we get to see a Denali summit picture yes <laughs> soon, right? hopefully
1: someday maybe in a year or two
0: yeah yeah, yeah back <laughs> to the drawing board. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Thanks so much for. <laughs> yeah, for thank you, Antonio.
1: <laughs>